It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. Executive Counselor Ronnie Tong says he doubts an anti-mask law would solve the current political crisis. The Secretary for Justice, Teresa Zhang, says her department has already conducted legal studies on a proposal for such a law. And leading activist Joshua Wong labels the chief executive's community dialogue sessions a PR stunt. Executive Counselor and Barrister Ronnie Tong has expressed doubts as to whether or not an anti-mask law would do much to cool the current crisis in Hong Kong. He says it may be better to wait and see what comes out of the dialogue sessions between the government and the public before making a decision. He was speaking in response to renewed calls from pro-government politicians for an anti-mask law to stop protesters from concealing their identities when breaking the law. Mr. Tong says even if Hong Kong does decide to enact such a law, it won't be easy. There are some legislators already said that if you were to table such a bill, you are tantamounting to inviting people to storm into Legco and throw Patrick bombs. Uh, alternatively, they're saying that they would, you know, fight it tooth and nail to make sure that you know Legco would stop functioning in order to stop such a bill. If that were really the case, then is it a feasible suggestion that we can have it passed within a short time? If not, then what are the pros and cons of trying to let? against people wearing masks. The Secretary for Justice, Theresa Zhang, says her department has conducted legal studies on a proposal for an anti-mask law. But as to whether or not it'll be implemented, she said it's up to other government departments to consider whether or not the proposal can be put to the Legislative Council. And Ms. Zhang expressed hope there'll be rational discussions at tomorrow's community dialogue session between the chief executive, Carrie Lam, and members of the public. Speaking before she left for a trip to Seoul, Ms. Zhang described the dialogue session in Wan Chai as a good start. Demosisto Secretary General Joshua Wong has dismissed the chief executive's dialogue session with the public tomorrow as a useless and meaningless PR show. It'll be Carrie Lam's first public dialogue with 150 people chosen by ballot to take a place to take place at Queen Elizabeth Stadium in Wan Chai. Mr. Wong told RTHK that the protesters' five demands were all within Hong Kong's constitutional framework, and engaging in dialogue was just delaying the government's response. This kind of dialogue will just cause more hesitation. Five years ago, government called a dialogue with protesters. For five leaders, four of them were prosecuted. Two of them were locked up in prison. I'm strongly curious, this kind of dialogue, is this really the way out? Or I think the more better alternative is to respect and listen to people's voice to implement investigation on police brutality immediately. Home Affairs Secretary Lao Gonghua and Health Secretary Sophia Chan are expected to be among the four top officials who will attend the Chief Executive's dialogue with the public tomorrow night. Sources have also told RTHK that the other two are expected to be Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao and Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Patrick Nip. Former TVB journalist Kenneth Ng, a political assistant to Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Chief Nip, is tipped to be the moderator for the two-hour session, which will begin at 7 p.m. But not all of the 150 attendees will actually get the chance to speak. Those who are chosen at random to talk will be limited to three minutes. The chairman of the Journalist Association, Chris Young, says the attack on an Apple Daily reporter is a direct threat to press freedom in Hong Kong. The journalist and her sister were attacked by a group of men during a family dinner in a restaurant in Kuntong last night. Some of the assailants were said to be wearing masks and yellow hard hats. 
Mr. Young says the association condemned the assault. He believes the attack was related to the coverage of the ongoing anti-government protests by the pro-democracy newspaper. Well, actually, it's a serious one, uh, a, a direct threat to uh, press freedom and uh, freedom of journalists uh, to report. Uh, given all the um, circumstances, the details uh, given by the Apple Daily uh, uh, reporter and the newspapers is uh, quite clear an attempt, uh, a targeted attempt to um, attack against, against the journalists who directly say cover a lot of these uh, protesters. And uh, we, we think it's a serious uh, warning and, uh, and a serious threat uh, to the safety of uh, journalists. Police are treating the case as assault, occasioning actual bodily harm. Detectives from the Sao Malping Crime Squad are investigating. No one has been arrested so far. Authorities have confirmed that there's a record number of registered voters in Hong Kong, a total of 4.13 million people. That's slightly higher than provisional figures released last month. There are nearly 400,000 new voters this year, around half of which are aged 35 and below. City University's political analyst, Zhang Chaoyong, said this should mean an advantage for the pro-democracy camp because of the ongoing protests. But he cautioned that if the movement gets more violent going forward, that advantage could be eroded. Because of late, the protest movement increasingly turns on a more violent direction. And if things like that keep on happening, it might, it might create a negative impact on the voters' choice in the forthcoming election. Because I still believe that on the whole, the mainstream voters, they probably do not welcome the escalation of violence. A group of optometrists have urged the government to tighten the eyesight requirements for elderly drivers. Currently, the law only requires drivers aged 70 or above to present a medical certificate every three years to prove they can see a car number plate from 23 meters away in sunlight. The president of the Eye Foundation, Dr. May Wu, said the requirements couldn't ensure road safety. She said a more stringent eye test should be given to drivers when they reach the age of 65. We suggest that the uh, vision test should uh, start from age 65 because starting from age 65, the eye health can change quite fast uh, due to cataract, uh, uh, retinal problems or um, glaucoma, different type of um, visual problems can um, come up after 65. The Daxing International Airport in Beijing has opened and President Xi Jinping attended the opening ceremony. The director of the Civil Aviation Administration of China, Feng Zhenglin, said the project was personally directed and promoted by President Xi. Mr. Feng said the airport could become the world's most popular aviation hub. The airport is about 50 kilometers south of Beijing's city center. There are four runways at the 80 billion yuan project. The most senior Democrat in the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, has formally launched impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump. She accused the president of violating the American Constitution. Ms. Trump excuse me, is alleged to have tried to pressure the Ukrainian leader, Vladimir Zelensky, to investigate corruption claims against the Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden and his son. Congressman John Lewis was among those calling for impeachment. We cannot delay. We must not wait. Now is the time to act. We will never find the truth unless we use the power given to the House of Representatives and the House alone to begin an official investigation as dictated by the Constitution. The future of our democracy is at stake.
The White House says it will release a full transcript of the president's phone call with Mr. Zelensky later today. Scientists from the United Nations are due to publish their latest major study on how climate change is affecting the world's oceans and frozen regions. The report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change says urgent action is needed to cut emissions. The BBC's Matt McGrath has more. For decades, the oceans have been humanity's long-suffering friend in the battle against climate change. Every year, the seas have soaked up around a quarter of the world's carbon emissions. And every year since the 1970s, the oceans have also absorbed over 90% of the excess heat generated by humans. But this supportive role of the oceans has come at a considerable cost, as today's report from the IPCC will detail. All over the world, the waters are rising as Greenland and Antarctica melt and glaciers disappear. Hundreds of millions of people could be at risk of flooding by the end of this century. Extreme weather events are more likely. Vast swathes of coral are being bleached and will die. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is preparing to return to the UK after an historic ruling by the Supreme Court that his decision to suspend Parliament for five weeks ahead of Brexit was unlawful. Mr Johnson, who is in New York for the United Nations General Assembly, says he strongly disagrees with the ruling, but he'll, accept, he'll respect it. Parliament will reconvene today. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson. It's hard to imagine a more difficult ruling for the Prime Minister because in many ways they question his judgment, they question the competence and trustworthiness of his government. But of course, most of all, this now means politicians are returning to Westminster and will be able to ask all those awkward questions which the Prime Minister and his team had been anxious to avoid, according to the court. The families of victims of a mass shooting in a U.S. cinema have written an open letter to the film studio Warner Brothers, voicing concern over its new film, Joker. Seven years ago, 12 people were shot dead while watching the Batman film The Dark Knight Rises. In their letter, the relatives say they're worried about Joker, which follows Batman's nemesis and its violent portrayal of mental illness. The Spanish tenor Placido Domingo has withdrawn from all future performances at the Metropolitan Opera in New York. He's been accused by several women of sexual harassment, which he denies. The BBC's Rory Gallimore has this report. At the age of 78, Placido Domingo remains one of opera's star names. Now, on the eve of stepping on stage at the Met for his sold-out production of Verdi's Macbeth, he says he'll no longer perform at the venue. The last-minute decision follows the emergence of allegations of inappropriate behaviour. In recent weeks, at least 20 women have accused Domingo of harassment over his long career. He strenuously denies the claims, but in a statement, the singer said he was concerned his presence on stage would have distracted from his colleagues' work. Lawyers for three Volkswagen managers, former and current, say they'll contest criminal charges brought against their clients in connection with the German carmaker's emissions cheating scandal. The three are accused of stock market manipulation. All deny any wrongdoing. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 107.32 yen, the euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 77 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,025. That's 252 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $43 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jung. Let's start with football. Seven English Premier League clubs were in third-round action in the English League Cup. Six made it through to the last 16, but one didn't, and that was Tottenham. 
Spurs were held nil-nil away at fourth-tier Colchester United. And it was Colchester, the lowest-ranked team left in the competition, who won it 4-3 on penalties. Here's the winning manager, John McGreal. He says he always felt his team would progress when it went to penalties. Got the crowds on board and as it goes into penalties, as we all know, it's a bit of a lottery and I think Dean Gherkin sets it off for us with a brilliant save with Christian Eriksen, gives us that belief, gets the crowd going again. Yeah, I was really confident when young Tom Lapsley went up and, and put the pen away because we've been there before in the last rounds with Crystal Palace away and never been able to replicate that. Manchester City started their bid for a third straight League Cup title with a comfortable 3-0 victory away to Preston North End. There were 4-0 wins for Leicester City at Luton and for Southampton away at their local rivals Portsmouth. Arsenal defeated Nottingham Forest 5-0. Brazilian teenager Gabriel Martinelli scored twice on his Gunners debut. Watford beat Swansea 2-1. Everton got a 2-0 win at second-tier Sheffield Wednesday. Elsewhere in Europe, there's also been some relief for the Barcelona boss Ernesto Valverde after his side won 2-1 at home to Villarreal. The victory lifted Barca to the top four in Spain, but it came at a cost with Lionel Messi suffering an injury on his 400th La Liga start. The Spanish champions are going through their worst start in 25 years. Radio Catalonia's Ernest Macias says Valverde is losing support at the club. The fans and worst of, worst of it all, the players. Not easy for older players who, for their experience, have now a uh, strong opinion on the things, uh, on what Valverde does, and they have no qualms on expressing it or displaying detachment or indulgence because they, they have already done everything in the past and they lack motivation if things go wrong. To Major League Baseball and the Washington Nationals are the latest team to secure a postseason berth. Trey Turner's go-ahead Grand Slam lifted Washington to a 6-5 win over the Philadelphia Phillies and with that, a place in the National League wildcard game. It caps a remarkable turnaround for a team 12 games under 500 back in late May. Meanwhile, the Milwaukee Brewers are on the verge of making the playoffs after beating the Cincinnati Reds 4-2. The Brew crew have won five in a row. They need just one more win to seal a wildcard spot. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. To end the news, our top stories once again. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says he doubts anti-mask law would solve the current political crisis. The Secretary for Justice, Teresa Zhang, says her department has already conducted legal studies on a proposal for such a law. And leading activist Joshua Wong labels the chief executive's community dialogue sessions as a PR stunt. The news from RTHK. Has your company ever thought of tapping markets outside Hong Kong? You can try using exhibitions, e-platforms, websites, mobile applications and more for export promotion. The SME Export Marketing Fund helps small and medium-sized enterprises expand markets outside Hong Kong through participating in export promotion activities. Visit emf.tid.gov.hk to find out more.
and welcome to Thursday on the 123 Show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCalligan with you today until 3 o'clock. How you doing? It's Wednesday, isn't it? It's Wednesday. It's not Thursday. It's Wednesday. So we're off to a flying start. It's Wednesday on the 123 Show. Don't get confused by some of us who are too excited about it being Thursday. On today's programme, we're going to be chatting to Miss Eris Lau and Mr Johnny Lee from the Hong Kong AIDS Foundation to discuss the city's rising HIV rates. And we're going to be looking at dispelling some of the stigmas and myths around the virus too. Uh, later this afternoon, we're talking again to travelling Kiwi composer Alex Nixon, who's back in studio for another midweek musical moment with a new tune inspired by the city he's going to be um i think it's i think it's a star ferry i think he went on the star ferry that's good you have to do though don't you you have to go on the star ferry at least some sometime um it's another beautiful day here in the city 116 31 degrees and this is susie quattro and can the can from 1973 